Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, what the hell would we see? I mean, what if... uh have you ever gone out at night and gazed into the night sky and seen just billions and billions of stars and galaxies? Do you do you reckon one of those has uh, a divine idea of the human genome manifesting, experiencing, creating? daydreaming i mean i mean how do you how do you even set up a metric for the human genome the human persona you have one i have one this this quote me unquote that we all have how do you how do you set up a metric if you've only lived on one planet i, I mean how how do we do that I think there's some real curious metrics that have been like totally blown out of the water. Um, For example, uh, regardless of what you think of him, Elon Musk has to have a trillion dollars of effect of effect over a decade. He wants to colonize Mars. He's making He's put more more uh, payload into space than all other providers combined. He's putting electric car factories all over the planet. He has the uh, boring machine to create uh, underground highways to alleviate congestion. He's doing AI. This is a single persona, uno, Juan. So if if we can operate at 0.1% of that capacity, would probably far exceed all of our peers. 0.1% of that, and we would far exceed all of our peers. So, so <laughs> what the hell? I mean, rrr? How do you how do you turn this genome on? How do you how do you transcend the what kar- karmic momentum? The hmm, I don't know how do you, the the would it be a stigma if it's impeding your potential of of what you a persona can have as as far as an effect? I mean, God with a big G, you know. She doesn't need to use um, any unit of measurement like um, money or you know whatever metric. I don't I don't care what the unit of measurement is. If it's uh, uh, how many meals have have been provided to the homeless, how many shelters have been provided to the. I mean it doesn't. I don't think the metric has anything to do with it, but in our Western mind, we're we're typically uh, we use money, dinero, as the measuring stick. 
I mean, we've talked about this now for uh, 13 years on this show, and I don't want to, I don't want, what am I saying? At some point, we should figure this stuff out. <laughs> that's that's what I've been shooting for with uh, um, over these years. It, it, it's such a, a delight to contemplate uh, the nature of nature, the, the power of really love. It it seems like seems like love is the uh, the elixir that the the catalyst that can transform uh, a linear mind into a a more spacious and dynamic and multi-dimensional effect. Um, and again, I want to give a shout out to India. Your your numbers are trending, and Canada's bumping up too. Uh, I I very much, I mean, Namaste. I very much value. The, the global influence, we've interviewed people from all over the planet. And uh, for me, it's it's really a great joy. Uh, it's one of my, my favorite passions to share this time with you. And I think we, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of talk to talk about tonight. The topic tonight is live an empowered life. And our guest tonight is Susan Burrell. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But, I mean, if we were to send probes out to, if somehow we could um, find the the galaxies, the planets, the 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 personas, the the genomes that have fully actualized fully um, awakened, fully empowered, fully pick your buzzword, and we were to send a probe down on that planet, what would the culture look like? What would the, what would the values, I mean, okay, so what if we were all Jesuses and, and we had this instantaneous manifestation of desire, poof done, poof done, poof done, what, what would the, where would our values, what would we value in that kind of an environment? The, the passion of the expression, the, the beauty of it, the creativity of it. I think we get into the, the nonlinear realm of like art and um, music, I mean, and the undertone of all of that is uh, the creative impulse from the inside out. Well, let's get to it. I know time's going to fly tonight. Again, the topic is live an empowered life, and our guest is Susan Burrell. Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey book designed to give you action steps to begin your journey of empowerment and transformation. Susan has created an interactive journaling book that is filled with daily affirmations, tools, and exercises crafted to lead you to higher and deeper consciousness. We love pursuing that on this show. One one of self-love 
and transformation. Her book works hand-in-hand with videos on her website to support the reader through a 30-day journey. Join me in welcoming Susan to the show. Susan, welcome to the show. Hey, Les. It's nice to be here. Very nice. Well, um, I was looking at your bio, and and you've been counseling and supporting people and transforming from the inside out for over 30 years. Yep. Yep. I was, yep, that's what... That's what I've been doing, you know. Like when you get called to do the inner work, there is no turning back, man. Right. Once you've tasted that elixir, once you've tasted that cocktail, um, the rest seems kind of mundane, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I got to say, I was, uh, I was really, I was called to do my own inner work and. Um, I came, became a spiritual counselor. I started a course on 9-11, when 9-11 was happening. In the morning, I was watching the, the airplanes going into the Twin Towers, and that night I started my course to become a, a spiritual counselor. And, uh, and I knew just standing there watching that horrific, united experience Experience that we were all witnessing and sharing and participating in by being, you know, if you were there at the Twin Towers and all that stuff, um, I knew there was no turning back. I knew that once I had said, yes, I will, I will lead. Yes, I will be a spiritual uh, teacher and counselor. I will do it. Then, you know, the universe just kept pushing me. Okay, now you're going to do this. Now you're going to do that, you know, for all these years. So, in Did- fact, Les, when sure. when lockdown happened, uh, I I had uh, I do guided meditations that show up on the app Insight Timer, so anybody can go there and find my stuff. Um, but I was sitting in meditation because that is my practice daily. Um, I was in confusion as to what was happening with this whole pandemic experience. And so I just sat and I asked, what is mine to do? What is mine to do? I highly encourage your listeners to ask that question, to just get kind of quiet. You don't have to meditate if you don't meditate, but just ask, what is mine to do? But because I have this strong practice, I I heard immediately, very clearly, activate the light, activate the light. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. I don't know. What, why am I supposed to do that? Can I just, like, sit on a couch and eat bonbons during the pandemic. But I heard, no, activate the light to help support light leaders. So when lockdown happened, that became my new calling, not just to be a spiritual teacher and counselor, but to activate light leaders as we enter into this new uh, paradigm that we've been uh, traversing for the last centuries, but really intensely over the last, I don't know, 10 years more, Um, so that there's many, I know that there's many, as you know, Les, there's there's many light leaders, on the light workers on the planet, but because of all the chaos and disintegration and upheaval, not just 
in humanity, but the earth is going enough and upheavaling with, you know, fires and earthquakes and tsunamis and but 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 that the light workers, there's many of us that have become light leaders. And that doesn't mean you stand on a big stage and charge people, you know, $10,000 a pop so you can tell them what you think about their spirituality. That's not it. It means in your own personal life, committing yourself to leading from that love that you were talking about at the beginning of the show, that internal high vibration. It's a nonlinear thing. It's not a figure things out thing. It's a surrendering into a higher frequency of love and then leading from that because we have we're being called to co-create a new not hierarchy because that's what's collapsing the 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 couple centuries old maybe more hierarchy that began to build a, a a pyramid where there's the guy at the top and all these ants worker bees at the bottom that is collapsing and that's what I believe we're witnessing across the planet that collapse of the the patriarchal system that was really, when it was first started, was actually a divine idea, right? The divine masculine came in and started that. But what's happened is it, it no longer works. And so as we're watching the wars, you know, like currently in Israel and Palestine or, you know, just, throw a dart at the map and there's a war. Um, as we're watching that, that's because this ancient belief system no longer works. And we are moving into a new age. This is my belief. Nobody has to subscribe to this. But I've done some research for myself to understand what it is I've personally been experiencing. We are moving into a new uh, age if you will, not new age like the crystals, although I believe in crystals, but a new paradigm of the divine feminine. And the divine feminine doesn't put up with shit. Can I say that? The divine feminine doesn't put up with shit. And, and And the divine feminine is leads from a circle, you know, that everyone gets to sit on the circle. Everyone gets to have a say. The indigenous people, wherever they are on the planet, sat in circles, in council, and they listened to each other before a decision was made because they wanted to know what would be the best for everyone in, in, the, in the tribe or the village or whatever. And sitting on a circle, beginning to learn how do you lead from that, which we've forgotten because the, the patriarchal system came and took over the world, right, colonized, whatever, um, we, we have to now learn how to listen to each other on a very deep level without waiting for them to take a breath so I can tell you what I think kind of situation, but listen so that we can co-create and we can cooperate in how we're going to move forward and we can communicate and have compassion, lots of C words there, have compassion for each other because what's happening Oh, my God, I'm on a, mo- a monologue. Sorry, Les. But what, what's really <laughs> happening, I, I believe, is that we are, especially the month of October, everybody, the month of October, fasten your seatbelts. It's a white-knuckle ride. Um, 
the month of October has all has a couple of eclipses, a solar and a lunar one, a, a major moon thing. But it's doing is shaking us up so that we can let go of what no longer works in our personal life, the belief systems that no longer work, the, the old um, family, uh, this is how you have to live your life, or the cultural mores, or whatever. You talked about values. You know, all what we value, and you talked about uh, money and, you know, Elon Musk and bazillion billion things he's doing. Um, it's about shaking loose of that and aligning with a high frequency of love because we are moving into a higher dimensional experience. And the light workers and the light leaders, we're already experiencing it. I, I You know, we are already feeling a higher dimensional uh, opening. This sounds so woo. I'm from California, everybody, and it sounds woo, I know. But um, so there is this higher dimensional opening because we, we really are multidimensional beings. We only forgot when we came down to planet Earth because when we came down to planet Earth, everything got dense, not just, you know, mentally dense, but it got dense in terms of physicality. And so we, we began, we forgot really why we were here and then we just had to like survive so okay how do i make fire how do i how do i you know cut up a, a deer i killed how do i build a building how do i and and we forgot that we're here not for the physical matter although that helps in our learning experience we're really here for soul evolution and growth so that we can be prepared for this next era this next golden age that we're entering into in, a, a, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years from now, if you, if you want to be linear about it. Um, so that is, I believe, the whole thing that's happening right now is we're part of, we're part of what I, I've been called, oh my God, Les, I'm just going to keep babbling until you interrupt me. <laughs> but, but. But let me just finish my point. Oh, shit. Um, we, are, we are now experiencing this bridge that is bridging from an old way of being, the, the patriarchal collapse, that it, it, it's not about men, right? It's not about – it's just that that paradigm played out, and, and so now it's collapsing. So we're on a bridge, and the light leaders, the people that I am calling and contacting and working with – we are the ones that are already creating the bridge. I call it a bridge gap. We're bridging the gap from one golden age to the next or one era to the next, from the divine masculine being in charge to the divine feminine. And here's the thing about the divine feminine, everybody. It's inclusive. It's inclusive. The masculine became about separation and and uh, what we're seeing in Israel. I'm going to bomb you because I don't like you and you're going to bomb me and 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 force me, or wherever, you can talk about Ukraine or Afghanistan or whatever. It doesn't work. And that's small-mindedness. And it's harming everyone on the planet because it doesn't matter where you live on the planet, what goes on on the other side, you can feel it. And, and, and you don't have to read the news or watch the, you know, Fox or CNN or whatever the hell you watch. You don't have to do that because it's so palatable now because we are connected in source energy in the divine in that consciousness that is beyond description 
beyond anything. And that consciousness is all love. So we feel when people are harmed. And, you know, I, for me, when I wake up in the morning, if I don't feel good, I'm like, okay, is it me? Again, what's mine to do? Is this mine? Is, am I not feeling good because there's something going on with me and I got to clean it up? Or what just happened on the other side of the planet? And if I find out something's just happened, I'm like, oh, okay. And then what I do, everybody, and you can do this too. You don't have to be a spiritual woo teacher or anything like that. I just send love. I send a high vibration of love. I, I use light. You can just use your mind. But I send light and love to wherever the conflicts are in, in support of grounding light for the ones that are actually there and can help lead all the others, light leaders, right, lead all the others out of the, the turmoil and the debris and the death and the dying at some point. So there you go. There you go, Les. <laughs> All righty. Well, the uh, uh, that's a good point. I mean, um, when I use the example of uh, Musk, it it really had an idea of volume as value because I conveyed a, a volume of effect. But um, and that's certainly a, a masculine thing to. Uh, uh, create so to speak uh bring in the physical form but so so let's take that let's take that idea of the masculine and the feminine and drill down a little bit in that certainly as you have said the the masculine the patriarchal um narrative dynamic has been prominent if we were to bring the masculine and feminine into balance with each other as in the the yin and the yang and and the nature of nature what effect would um reawakening re-embodying the divine idea of the feminine the divine feminine what kind of an effect would that have on our culture so so I like the idea of uh, visualizing what that might look like. So if the masculine backed off and came into balance with itself, masculine backed off and feminine uh, blossomed and fulfilled and and the two came into balance, what would that culture or society look like? Well, that's what we're watching right now, I believe. We're watching. But unfortunately... The old masculine paradigm is not going quiet into that good night. You know what I mean? They're not backing off. They're going off the cliff. And there's a lot of people, lemmings, jumping off the cliff with them. That's why we're still witnessing wars and devastation. Um, so eventually it will calm down when I don't know. But if, it, if we just keep sending love and light, eventually, because some of us have to lead with light, not with darkness, not with fear but with light and with love. So what I envision is eventually the, the, the um, patriarchal people that still believe there is their, their top dog 
They still believe I can die with all my toys and all the money. They still believe that you are subjected. You are my subject. You are. So all the stuff that's been happening over the last several years with the Me Too movement, before it was called Women's Lib, before it was called Emancipation, before it was called, you know, voters' rights, women's rights, uh, human rights, you know, and, and, and uh, Black Lives Matter and all of that. It's not about denigrating the men, denigrating the police. It's about that there is still this idea of us versus them. And that's an old idea. There is no us versus them. There never was. There's no black and white. There never was. But this old system trained you to believe that. You know, the Spanish Inquisition, if you're not Catholic, we're going to torture you until you convert, and then, oh, well, you're dead anyway, you know. Or if you are um, a woman who has property and a business in the 16th, 17th, 18th, oh, 19th, 20th century, um, hmm, if you have those things, I, I, I'm going to call you a witch so I can get, take your property and your money, and your, you know, because you have to be subjected. You have to be my subject. I take over. So that whole thing creates divisiveness, which is what we're witnessing. The, the, the meeting of the divine feminine and the divine mas- masculine, which I believe will happen, it was, it was that way uh, several centuries ago. Uh, the, the, but the divine feminine was leading more then, and the divine masculine met it, met it just fine. They got along well. When the divine feminine, like I said earlier, it, it, it doesn't, it won't take any shit now. It just, you don't, you don't get to play that way anymore. When, as it begins to um, layer into uh, society, and you know, it might be in politics. We're watching this right now in America. It might be in politics. It might be in government. It might be in businesses. It, I don't know where it's going to really show up. And it doesn't mean that it's a woman leading. It does not mean that. It means that there is a consciousness that gets that we have to work together. It's a consciousness thing where we have to listen to each other and cooperate and collaborate and communicate. And when we can do that, we can uh, build a new uh, way of experiencing life. Because there's nothing, I, I, listen, nothing wrong with manifesting physical material things. In fact, that's part of my my, uh, branding is freedom, living in freedom, expressing your brilliance, and uh, opulence, which isn't about things it's about the richness of life it's about if so we can get to where we feel good about ourselves if we can love ourselves within if we can get rid of all that negative wounding that comes from uh ancestral stuff and cultural stuff and society stuff and governmental stuff if we can uh begin to heal that within ourselves it's an individual process everybody you know it, it, it might be it would be lovely if we could all sit down and do it together but that's not going to happen so we got to start with ourselves individually and as we heal ourselves it multiplies because again we're all connected so as one person heals 
a multitude of pe- people heal from the inside out. And when we can learn to love ourselves first and from the inside out and feel that we're worthy um, because we are, we're absolutely worthy, even though you, grew, you may have grown up as I did with um, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to be good enough. Um, if we can heal that enough, then we can move forward together um, and co-create something new. But until that happens, this division thing is going to keep going. So um, I don't know what the future is going to look like, Les. And I I don't know how the governments are going to work, if there's even going to be government, you know. I, I don't know. I think we're on a precipice of some kind of, it might be a great jumping off point into, you know, a huge, beautiful experience of living life on planet Earth or not. I, I, I don't know. All I know is that there is change. We are unable to stop it, and it's about coming in to a unified field of love, unifying with each other, again, across race, culture, languages, education barriers or not, poverty, riches, all that stuff. And, excuse me, manifesting, if we stay focused on manifesting what it is we desire individually, that still benefits everybody. It's not not the old school, um, hmm, oh my gosh, I hope you're not going to be offended. It's not the old school uh, live in poverty and chastity and, you know, what, 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 um, people that, oh my God, what people thought Jesus meant. Jesus didn't mean that. Jesus just meant be loved, be loved, live in love. That's it. And everything else that he said got twisted, tormented, and turned around so that nobody knows what the truth of his teachings were. And that's just one person. There was other people that were teaching that around the same time and before him. Just be loved. That's it. Well, the you know, um, with uh, with ma- the, the the idea of the masculine um, uh, taken for me, it's like. Uh, like you said, we're at a precipice of what the future will be, and and we're the creators of the future. So it it I, I think we move our thinking from our head down into our heart, and and it's the idea of a prayer. So you pray, you know, um, you know, the suffering on this planet really sucks. Um, what the hell? Uh, when when you ask for inspiration, so to speak, or you ask for um, a more uh, sustaining and nurturing narrative, a more harmonious culture, it's a divine feminine. The divine feminine without form is, by not having form, it has access to all possibilities. So when you pray, it's like the divine feminine goes out in the field of infinite potential and and brings back an idea or a vision of of the, quote, answer to the prayer into the heart space. And in the heart space, it's transmuted and the divine masculine takes that blueprint and casts it in the form as a creative cycle. 
it but creation for creation's sake i mean we've all seen the neighbor with uh, a bunch of amazon boxes on their front door because they order stuff <laughs> online over and over creation just for creation's sake is incongruent to me it seems like perhaps the the metric we look at is the wake the effect of our choices because i mean yeah cities are concrete jungles and and those are really uh, in some way incongruent with the nature of nature they're so masculine the kind of an od of masculine do we i mean by looking at the wake of our decisions that should show us whether we're congruent or incongruent with the nature of nature don't you think i absolutely agree with everything you just said Absolutely, absolutely. The, and the, um, the, the, the thing of what brings things into matter isn't just a divine masculine. It, there is no feminine masculine. It's just the source energy. It's source energy from a higher place, and there's no gender identification, just so everybody's clear on that. But it is it, because the divine feminine manifests things on the planet as well. It's just how you choose to view it. Okay. So And you were so you were asking earlier at the beginning of the show of what what do you value? What is going what where do you create value? How did how what does it look like? That, and I think that that's vital um in how you choose to manifest what you just said. Are you the Amazon Amazon person with the boxes? And hello who's making a lot of money on all your boxes, or are you the person that is seeing the beauty in life? Are you the person that is, yes, ordering something from Amazon, but in a conscious way because there is something coming in that Amazon box that you value? Do you see the difference? Ordering just sure. to order, you know, shop, shopping just to shop or whatever, uh, whatever you do that's, I think you're. I think you're right, Les. It's important to discern what is you value, and then put put your money behind that, or your heart, the love that you are behind that, um, because that's because everything multiplies, right? Where where your attention goes, the energy flows, and it multiplies. So if you're if you're not consciously aware that we're all in this together. Hello, we're all in this together. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you stand on in America. We're all in this together. If you're not consciously aware that we are, then what you focus on multiplies. I am personally calling light leaders, and I am personally choosing to focus on unity and cohesiveness and love and healing, not the divisiveness. I'm choosing to focus on the we, the us, not the me and mine. That's nice. my value, at least. Nice. Well, I mean, and we're really talking about a, a significant transformation of culture. I mean, 2019, yeah. metaphorically, 2019 had a, a normal, quote, normal, unquote, and then that went all, you know, there was a mercy flush in 2020. 
and and the collective subconscious got rototillered up and and all mm-hmm. our subconscious uh dogma was brought to the surface but um we're we're really talking about a very significant i mean um from the bottom up transformation mm-hmm. of our culture and and mm-hmm. to really make such a dynamic transition we've got to 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 look at the the metrics of of what we value what we i mean we're we're voting with our intention or or in other words our consciousness what what we focus our consciousness on is our vote for what the future will be so to to sit there and noodle the the notion of what does a uh, i mean what's the divine idea of the masculine and the feminine as far as a a vehicle of experience a vehicle of i mean we're souls that came here for the human experience what's what's the the divine idea i mean of of what that might look like to to take the time and noodle that and daydream that is how it's going to be seeded so to speak in our consciousness when we get that idea that image that vision of what might be and then we take our attention and our intention and put it on that um vision i mean i it seems like that's what our culture is calling us to do. Absolutely. I would and I would go a little bit further less and it's not just our culture because when you say all, our culture I'm thinking of the American culture, but it's global. It's yeah, humanity. Culture. Humanity. Yeah, humanity. Is. It's an up-leveling of humanity, which is why I think we're all in this together. It doesn't matter where we live on the planet. Right. Well, um so uh, you've been working with people now for almost 30 years. Have you noticed a change in the, um, the, the turmoil or the stress or the struggle of people since 2020? Um, uh, I would say yes. It's a little uh, more – the fear is heightened. I thought it would – I thought it would – you know, it was so nice when nobody went out of their houses because the energy calmed down. But once we got out of the house, everybody's still fearful, but it's multiplied. So, yes, I've seen that. Um, and there's, there's – I, I have to do it every day. I have to make sure I clarify my consciousness while in, in my uh, morning practice, whether it's through meditation or I work with um, – a lot of other things, elementals and, and rays, the, the rays of light. I, I work with a lot so that I can be clear enough and then feel safe to not feel invaded when I leave my house, you know, because the, the fear is so palatable now. It was before, but I think it's, it's, it's multiplied. And, and, and here's the thing, Les, here's the thing, and I get caught in it. I just got caught in it last month. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of. Whole, there's nothing really to be afraid of. Um, but people, when they talk to each other, 
like at a party or in the grocery store, all they want to do is tell the story of how, what happened to their neighbor, or what, what their latest disease is, or how scared they are because, um, because something is happening on the other side of the planet they can't control, so they want to lock their doors and get a gun and protect themselves when it's on the other side of the planet. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. So if we, if we go into fear, we multiply fear. If we can maintain a higher vibration of, of love, which includes being happy, then those things are not coming to our doorstep. They're just not. It doesn't work that way. The, the universe doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's when you have even a little niggle of fear. So you have to be vigilant about, okay, am I doing, am I acting or reacting out of fear? And if you're angry, anger covers fear. There's only really two, there's, you know, there's various um, emotions or, you know, uh, levels of anger but it really is the thing that's covering your fear because you, I'm okay, me. When I get afraid, it's because I feel out of control and I can't control it. And I certainly can't control other people. I can't control governments. I can't control, um, you know, if it's going to rain tomorrow in California here, which sometimes it does evidently this year. We got a lot of rain. So, um, yeah, I, that's all I'm going to say about that, Les. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, so we've talked, I mean, here in the United States and in California and whatnot, what what aspects of our culture, If I mean, if we were to backpedal like the 1950s, I'd, the... Um, what what part of our culture is out of balance? In other words, in order for us to to I guess shift the momentum of our culture from what it has been, what are some of the common attributes to we'll use the America or United States our culture? What are some of the fundamental um, attributes of the American culture that are going to be transmuted to move more into balance with um, what our hearts are really yearning for? Well, I think it's interesting you brought up the 50s. I was born in 1959, um, and, and, and I'm, I love history. I love history. Excuse me. And um, when people were coming back from World War II, I'm sure people have seen, you know, all the different World War II documentaries or movies, the band of, a band of brothers. When those men, men, were coming back from World War II, having witnessed atrocities like you do in every war, right? But that was the that was the big one. It, it, World War One was the big one, and there was atrocities. And and when we went into World War Two, you know, we didn't learn, right? So here we go again. So those men came back, and what they wanted was quiet. They wanted normalcy. They wanted 
to get married and have kids because they saw a lot of death and dying. And then they created these communities where they felt safe, you know, and protected. And as long as they controlled it, it was safe and protected. Well, we've now become, like you said earlier, a sprawling metropolis. That wasn't, that wasn't what was happening in the 50s. There were, weren't, you know, metropolises all over the world. Um, and so what's happened is now we bump up against different cultures in America, and the different cultures bring different ideologies, different um, ways of doing things, different food, different everything. And um, in or- order to protect their family, they had to become more aggressive. I'm talking about, yeah, the fear just amped up, right? And, and, and the Vietnam War was another horrific thing because the veterans came home um, disenfranchised. And, and not because they all wanted to go, you know, because they were drafted. World War II, those men wanted to go. World War, Vietnam, they didn't want to go. And I'm thinking it's the same with all the other wars that have happened since then. So um, the culture, in order for us to move into a new uh, paradigm, that culture is, oh, my God, I'm going to say this less. That culture is dying off. That belief system, my father's 89. He, he believed a particular way. My grandfather he lived to be 100, believed a particular way. My, and therefore, my mom and my grandma, you know, everybody believed a particular way because that's how we were raised. But in order to move forward, we got to stop believing that particular way and open up our perspective. You mentioned this earlier, that the infinite possibilities or potentialities. I like to use the word potentiality because possibility means, well, I can try it on, you know, I can try on this one. It's like picking an hors d'oeuvre and taking one bite and putting it back. Potentiality means I am committed to this new potential. I am going to go with this and move forward in this way. I'm not going to do a smorgasbord and then decide. I'm just going to go for it. So uh, now does that answer your question, Liz? Well, (laughs) sure. You know, but the, I think we need to fold love back into this. The, Absolutely. Uh, in in order for us to experience, I mean, we, until we can embody, until we can embody that which we desire, we can't sustain it. And you know, my dad's served in World War II in the Pacific, and uh, um, I. He had so much, um, uh, his psyche was impaled with horror. And yeah. in order for him, I mean, uh, what I'm getting at is we've been, our, our collective psyche and our individual psyches have been scarred with, with uh, all manner of karma. In order for mm-hmm. us to embody unconditional love, if I've got um, deep-seated anger that I might might not be consciously aware of, if I'm carrying junk in my trunk and I want to embody unconditional love, I need to um, 
be able to embody that, which means the the resolution and and the healing of everything incongruent with that love. So as a right. as an individual, how do we prep our persona, so to speak? How do we heal our persona, transmute, transform our persona to truly be able to embody unconditional love? I'm so glad you asked that, Les. Um, so in, in what I had to do um, to become who I am now was to really clear a lot of old wounding in my, in my personal life, in my, in my ancestral line, a lot of old wounding. And, and my book, Live an Empowered Life, is about doing that. It's about sitting down and really taking a look at where you are in your life and how does that feel? And journaling it out. Because I'm a big believer in, in getting the, you know, the garbage out of your head. You can't, you can't heal until you can recognize that you've got um, belief systems and stories from great, 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 great grandpa that are running in your head without you noticing it. So to, to write it all out and really with the intention to really see what's underneath this. Because who am I if... That's what I believe. And who could I be? Here's the potentiality. If I can let go of that, if I can decide I no longer believe that, or I would, I refuse to operate under that anymore. Like the idea that I'm not good enough. I refuse to operate under that. And so um, my book just it helps people, which is why I wanted it to be interactive with my website because um, there's a lot of different tools in there to help because I recognize people learn differently. So I have a lot of different tools besides journaling, besides working affirmations where you do, uh, there's a video where I show people how to do EFT, which is tapping to neutralize emotion. So you can decide what you want to, what you're really feeling. Um, there's mind mapping because um, I, I really wanted people to come out with a new life purpose. Who am I now that I've excavated all this garbage, I've worked through it, I've faced myself in my inner mirror, and I've decided I'm going to change or I'm going to be this or accept that this is who I am and love myself more. And so there's also guided meditations to support people to do that, to, to um, kind of drop in um, and experience... Uh, Okay, so like the last meditation I have, second to last, is about removing the shackles. Because as I was going through my personal transformation, one of many, um, I recognized that I felt shackled. My ankles felt shackled. This was in relationship to my ex-husband. And so I had to let go. I had to undo those shackles. This comes to freedom, which I mentioned earlier, so that I could step into my personal freedom to be who I am, to be fully me. And so that's what some of the meditations help you with, um, kind of in a roundabout way. But that's what I, you know, that's, I worked it, I did it, and then I recognized that I needed to put it together in a book so other people could do it. And it is definitely, uh, in order to transform cultures, in order to transform or, or meet where we're going, you got to start with yourself. You can't, 
You can't expect somebody else to do it for you. You've got to start with yourself, take self-responsibility, and say, okay, I'm going to clean up my act or my great-great-great-great-grandparents act. Because once it's done, then we heal. Well, now, I'm glad you're bringing this up because we're coming to the end of the show. You've talked about your book and some of the online resources. Now, do you work with people uh, one-on-one, in a group, in person, online? I mean, if I don't if I don't understand your platform, how would you describe it to me, including your website? Um, well, I am not really taking on any new one-on-one clients. I do teach. Uh, I've created some um, classes during the pandemic, so I have um, a couple of classes that are in relationship to asking the question, "Are you a light leader?" <clears throat> Which I'm going to re. Um, I'm going to bring them, bring those classes back online. I did it all on Zoom. <clears throat> um, but basically, I think you know, I, I I have a podcast called Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. And I do a solo show every month, so people can listen to that. If if you really feel like you need to talk to me, you can go through my website. There's a a contact button, and you can uh, send me a little email or a question or an ask, um, and or get on my newsletter. If you get on my newsletter, you'll get uh, as a gift a guided meditation called Out of the Box Thinking that will help you kind of see where you, you've boxed yourself in and get out. Um, but if you get on the newsletter, then you'll know when I'm teaching these classes online and, um, and other stuff that I'm doing. But I'm not really counseling anymore. I, I just I'm kind of at that time less, you know? Sure. Not well, retiring, speak- but, um, yeah. Well, speaking of time, we've an hour can go by pretty fast. Susan, I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. This has been a delightful conversation. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We've been talking with Susan Burrell, and the topic tonight has been live an empowered life. It's always like noodling what the future is going to be. I mean, and... There's so many different ways we can do that, but it's it's really us. It's really the, the most powerful um, vehicle of change for humanity is humanity itself. So we're the we decide what it's going to be. We decide where we're going, maybe we're going to decide that consciously or maybe we're going to decide it subconsciously. But without question, we are the creators of that. So to take the time and listen to our hearts and and uh, surrender our mind to imagination, to dreaming, to visioning, to allow that inspiration, that um, the inspiration of our heart and our soul to come into our conscious mind so we can be more intentional, more intentional and, and clear, to have a clear vision 
of what we intend to create. Not that it's a static thing, but perhaps it's an evolving thing, a growing thing. When when humanity changes, we tend not to um, make huge leaps and bounds. I know there's a lot of changes, and in a lot of ways we are growing in leaps and bounds, but it's uh, it's what we're going to be able to embody. What can we embody in our own personal persona and thus collectively that will decide what we can sustain? Because if we cannot embody it, we cannot sustain it. And to, to clear the incongruent aspects of ourselves that are incongruent with what we intend to create. That's the shift. That's, I mean, if you were to look at the human persona as a broadcast station, and I've certainly worked in broadcasts a few decades, the it's our conscious and our subconscious consciousness. Can I say conscious a few more times? <laughs> It's our conscious and subconscious consciousness that is projected from our persona and the and the quantum mirrors that back to us as our quote reality unquote. I want to thank you, the listener, for sharing this time with us. It's always a pleasure. I myself, I just like I said in the beginning, this this show is uh, a source of great joy for me. And over the hundreds and hundreds of episodes, it's uh, it's really had an impact on me and how I see the the transformation of our culture, the transformation of our consciousness, and. Uh, perhaps a relationship between our, our our little self or this this me we consider ourselves to be this me and and big consciousness uh, God consciousness prime creator source consciousness whatever the hell you want to call it what uh, how does that dynamic work how do, how do we um how do we work with the divine as an individual persona? How can we show up, so to speak, to allow ourselves to be the vehicle of change that we seek in the collective? Always a pleasure. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living broadcast. If you're looking for spiritual resources, there's literally hundreds of podcasts just like this one, free online. You can find them at newhumanliving.com. If you sign up for the newsletter, I write a weekly blog that helps you contemplate the nature of nature, contemplate the nature of your own human genome, Contemplate your own human potential. How powerful is that? I can say it's powerful because you are powerful. I want to thank you for joining us in tonight's broadcast. I appreciate you, the listener. 
Until next time, thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.